This is Taking Care in Business, a podcast that dives into the topic of corporate social responsibility from many different perspectives. Host Kathy Pedrotti Hayes is an expert in CSR and philanthropic giving, and her co-host, Vicki Bolson, is the founder and CEO of Bolson Group, a unified marketing company that was also the first B Corp certified company in Indiana. Kathy and Vicki became friends and equally passionate about CSR when they first worked together several years ago. Join them as they talk about why it is always worthwhile to take care in business. Taking Care in Business is made possible with support from Conscious Capitalism, Inc., helping individuals and companies become more conscious with transformational experiences that inspire, educate, and empower people and organizations to elevate humanity through business. Go to ConsciousCapitalism.org for more information. Hey, Kathy. Hey, how, how are you? I am good. Stepping on top of each other right. with the how are yous. Well, we're just full of energy today. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you got the email from Josh Driver, didn't you? From I did. Selflessly. That's so exciting. I know. And he had 106 points. Yeah. So what we're talking about is Selflessly, one of our guests from a previous season, um, just got his B Corp certification. Yeah. So that is really exciting. When he was here, he was talking about it and... Of course, we've we've walked in those <laughs> shoes. Oh, gosh, so, I know. So it was really neat to see him um, get that. Yes, and he asked us to go have a drink or something, so we have to do that yes. soon, so we can hear how he had such a stellar score. Right, all the all the details. Yeah, that definitely. Would be great. Okay, that'd be great. Well, I'm really excited for today. We have a, a great guest, um, and in fact, our next guest might be uh, my twin separated at birth. <laughs> um, <laughs> Pamela Cohn's career in CSR began similarly to mine when she worked for a law firm as their chief marketing officer. So uh-huh. when we did our pre-interview, we had all these commonalities, which was really fun. Um, there, she was bitten with the CSR bug, and her life's work has been dedicated to studying and advancing CSR since. Currently, she is advancing CSR around the world by serving as the Vice President uh, and Global Social Responsibility Officer at Milliman. Milliman is among the world's largest providers of actuarial, I have a hard time saying that word. Yeah, that's a hard word. And related products and services. They help companies take on some of the world's most critical and complex issues, including retirement, funding, and healthcare financing, risk management, and regulatory compliance, data analytics and business transformation just a you know just, just a, a small little right, job exactly yeah. um, pam also provides consulting services to companies interested in pursuing csr initiatives and specifically um, professional services firms so she is a wealth of information about all things csr and we are delighted to have her here today as our guest so help me to welcome pamela Cohn. hey pam hello good morning how are you Good. How are you? I'm doing great today. Thank you. Good. So, Pam, I gave a little bit of background about you, but can you talk about how the bug bit you and how you got in, uh, interested in CSR? Absolutely. Um, well, certainly, personally, I have always had um, an affinity to the beauty of nature and preserving the environment and community investment and charitable giving and philanthropy is simply part of what my personal passion was. Um, and lucky for me, uh, recently I've realized that I could actually marry my personal passion with my profession. Um, after many years, 25 plus years of serving as a chief marketing officer in law firms and then most recently at Milliman, um, I was able to become the 
vice president of global social responsibility for Milliman, um, to help them build their CSR program. And it's just been delightful to sort of marry my personal passion with, with my profession. What year was it that you started in that role? Well, officially just January of 2018. Okay. But unofficially what was happening is our clients, as many as, oh, I don't know, three to five years ago, started to ask very specific <laughs> questions in mm-hmm. RFPs, requests for proposals, and other uh, provider questionnaires about the firm's CSR program. And officially, we didn't have a quote-unquote CSR program. We certainly had been very active and were doing all the right things organically, but we weren't measuring, we weren't tracking, we weren't assessing progress. Um, and our clients were starting to ask us questions that were um, requiring us to be much more specific in our responses. And so slowly but surely, more and more of my work every day was around the CSR component, um, and now um, I'm able to focus on that um, completely. Wow. So when you say three or five years ago, you were, you know, sort of forced to... to um, be able to respond to those RFPs in a way that was meaningful. I am assuming that a lot of that was figuring out ways to measure the impact. Yes, that's exactly right. Because um, uh, I think what really pulled the trigger for Milliman is we had a client, an existing client, that had issued a questionnaire about a variety of things to its providers, its service providers, um, and one section of it dealt with CSR. But our responses, because we weren't measuring or tracking and our programs weren't formalized, our responses in that CSR portion of the questionnaire were so were scored so low that our total score was insufficient to get us to the second round. And so we actually lost a client, an existing client, um, because we couldn't accurately speak about what was happening. It wasn't that we weren't doing things. We were, but we weren't measuring and tracking. Um, And the unfortunate part is this particular client only goes out to bid every four years. And so it wasn't a loss for just a single year. It it was a loss for four years. Um, And as I mentioned, the shame of it was, is we were doing all the right things. We just didn't have numbers. We weren't tracking things appropriately. So, um, yes, one of the first things I have started to do in this new role is to make sure we're tracking everything that's already happening organically. Don't you think that most companies are doing something in the space and just many don't have formal programs like like your new role? Yes, I think that's absolutely true, Um, and especially in professional service firms. Mm -hmm. And and you mentioned at the beginning Mm -hmm. of the broadcast the, the legal industry. I think the legal industry, as an example, does a really good job of tracking their pro bono programs mm-hmm. and their diversity and inclusion programs. And the, particularly on the DNI side, it's in no small part because their clients um, are demanding um, more statistics and more progress when it comes to DNI, and so law firms are responding. But I think what most professional service firms miss is the overall picture. So they'll talk about pro bono separately from the way they talk about DNI and separately from the way they talk about community investment or sustainability efforts or anything else they're doing, I think um, professional service firms in general are sort of late to the game in looking at 
CSR holistically. And I think our clients mm-hmm. now who have requested and insisted upon CSR um, from all of their other suppliers are finally getting to professional service firms mm-hmm. and asking us um, for the same sorts of information and statistics and measurements. So I think we're, we're going to be brought into the game by our clients. Yeah, that is so interesting to me. Obviously, just the, the shared experiences that we have working in professional services, but really working on this podcast, so many of our um, guests have really been product-based or um, kind of externally facing, right, where you have a consumer consumer mm-hmm. consumed goods basically and so um, it is exciting to me to see that professional services are kind of really um, being held accountable for this and participating in a little bit um, more proactive way I suppose mm-hmm. um, the story that you shared Pam is really interesting and, and I appreciate your candor about it in terms of the RFP and um, where you were tell me a little bit about how the the culture how has the the firm Milliman uh, responded to that in terms of now taking this um, maybe more seriously or maybe not even seriously but just institutionalizing it right um, well clearly the the biggest step they took is to create a role um, and I'm you know and now I'm just dedicated to this um, but as I mentioned earlier the the key thing was to start tracking and measuring that which was already happening organically around mm-hmm. the world because mm-hmm. You know, we have seven more, 70 plus offices around the world. All of the offices are doing something, mm-hmm. um, but nobody was tracking it. So we built an internal system um, on our intranet that allowed um, the local practices and offices to start tracking the things they were doing in their community and the things they were doing with respect to charity and volunteer work, um, also sustainability efforts in their offices. Um, and rolling all of that up into a firm-wide whole so that when we get questions, we have an answer that's representative of the whole firm. So that, was, that to me, is where any firm should start because most firms are doing something. They probably just aren't aware of everything that's going on. Sure. Well- Secondly, the firm um, formed a global CSR committee so that we could look at what was already happening We took a survey of all of our internal um, partners and associates and employees asking about the themes that they would like to see guide our CSR direction and our foundation giving. Um, We got those themes back. We also decided as a CSR committee and as a firm that we were going to align our program with the United Nations Sustainability Development Goals. And the beauty of that is it provides a framework around which we can talk about that which, uh, which is already happening, but also be selective about which goals and targets are most suited to the skills and talents of our people. So the example I always give is, you know, we could form an initiative where Milliman people from all over the world would go out and build Habitat for Humanity homes. And that's a very good project and a very good initiative, but it isn't necessarily aligned with the talents and skills of Milliman people. So what we're trying to do is choose specific global projects or initiatives or what we're calling signature programs that really leverage the talents and skills of our people. 
So, for instance, um, something like math tutoring at the high school levels in your local communities, that's absolutely drawing on the skills and talents of, of actuaries and computer scientists and all the other sorts of professionals we have at the firm. Um, so we're really trying to leverage what's already happening, um, scaling it where possible, and then perhaps um, either a signature program will emerge from that which is already happening around the world, or we will be able to identify particular initiatives um, that are that are aligned with our talents and skills. So that's about where we are in the process right now. As a as a marketer, I'm I'm interested in how because you were a former, uh, you ran the the whole communications department at Milliman for a, a very long time. Mm-hmm. How are you merging your new role into marketing, and are you? In, in your opinion, marketing this uh, new CSR, more uh, proactive, authentic uh, program? Yes, but I'm also very cautious to say we're not doing CSR in order to market that we're doing CSR. Right, right. Um, but because we have um, formalized our program and because we have decided that we will align with the certain United Nations Sustainable Development Goals, what that does for us is allows us to reach out to clients and others. You know, they don't have to be clients. They could be prospects or just other um, business entities in the community or, or others that are working on similar goals in order to be collaborative in developing a program or working on a goal. So, for instance, we do have clients. Many of our clients are multinational and global insurance companies who are also aligned with the United Nations goals. So we can go to them and say, look, I see, and most of this you can just see by looking at clients' websites, Mm -hmm. I see that you're focusing on quality education, you know, United Nations goal number four. We, too, are working on that area. What can we do together or with other parties um, to to make our the outcome much greater than what any of us could do alone? And so, to me, collaborating with clients and other partners um, is the marketing component of it. It helps cement client relationships and even introduces, you know, new players into that collaboration who could potentially be clients. Well, I would think it would also help to recruit talent. I love how on your website you have the quote that best ideas occur when things, um, where there's diversity in thought and open collaboration. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, I mean, I couldn't agree more. Do you find that, that this is helping with your employer brand and, 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 and driving top talent to Milliman? It is. Um, and, and I'll give you a great example. A couple of years ago, I was at a recruiting fair in Toronto and almost every young student that came up to our booth asked questions about what we were doing mm. with respect to CSR. Um, and so I mentioned that this really started to become important three to five years ago, um, and that was one indication that this is really important to recruits. In fact, I have, I have read statistics where um, if a recruit has more than one offer, which in this environment they right. often do, it's the CSR component that might tip scale into your favor um, of choosing your firm because this is really, really important to, to young millennials. But I also want to emphasize, and at least one thing that I've 
I've discovered since I've started focusing on this is it's not only important to millennials. It is really important to existing employees as well. And in fact, I've been really encouraged and it's quite heartwarming to see how much support and enthusiasm and engagement um, we are experiencing across the firm. And this isn't just the new recruits. Mm -hmm. This is people who have been with the firm for, you know, decades. Um, I mentioned earlier that one of the first things we did was start to track information. Well, in order for that to happen, I had to get a, you know, a a volunteer recruit in every office and and every practice. And I'm telling you, I had no trouble. These people are very passionate about it and are very engaged. um, And we're calling them CSR ambassadors in the local offices and practices. So it's their job not just to you know, input information about what's happening locally, but then also to share with the people in their practice and office what is happening at the firm-wide level. And it's, it's been really a delight to work with a, a whole army of, of very engaged CSR ambassadors. Well, I've always said that I think uh, we, people of our age, have always cared about working for a company that, you know, has has a mission and a purpose and mm-hmm. I think we've all wanted meaningful jobs. It's just that when it wasn't the expectation necessarily. It, right. And when millennials started, you know, being stereotyped into having this be important to them, then it companies started you know, formalizing and institutionalizing and growing their uh, social responsibility practices. Exactly. So Pam, you're also you also have a consulting company, is that right? Yes, that is correct. So tell us a little bit about that. What I have found is as I mentioned earlier, this is a relatively new thing coming to professional service firms mm-hmm. because clients are starting to ask about it. And so when I started to see these things um these questions and the questionnaires and the surveys that were coming from our clients, um, and I still have many, many friends in the legal industry, I started to talk to them about, are you seeing these questionnaires coming from clients? And what we've discovered together is that, yes, um, some of this pressure, if you want to call it pressure, some of this interest from clients um, is, is also coming to law firms. And I think historically, law firms have I don't want to say relied on, but let's say focused. They focused on their diversity inclusion efforts and their pro bono programs, which are great um, initiatives. But it's insufficient because clients are also interested in sustainability and environment and other things that would fall under the CSR umbrella. Um, So I realized that the sorts of things that Milliman had already seen three to five years ago are just now hitting law firms. And so I'm focusing on consulting to law firms and other professional service firms um, in order to help them be more comprehensive and tell a more holistic story um, with respect to their CSR. Um, So it has um, been a journey, but it's been very interesting. I'm also working on, in fact, I'm just about to finish a graduate certificate in corporate social responsibility from the University of Toronto. And as part of my capstone project, I collaborated with the law firm Sustainability Network on a survey of the legal industry and what their current sustainability practices are. Um, So that report is going to be published soon. 
but that also showed me and demonstrated to me that law firms are just starting down this journey. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm available to help them do that. So do you feel like uh, law firms are getting it? Um, law firms certainly get it when it comes to DNI mm-hmm. um, because they've seen that, uh, again, pressure or interest um, from clients. I don't think they have yet recognized that either clients are currently interested in the bigger CSR story or they soon will be. Um, I think clients have have assessed their supply chain um, in many, many areas, but professional services was traditionally outside of that realm. Mm-hmm. But I think now professional service providers, whether that be their law firms or their accounting firms or their actuarial consulting firms, are now also having to go through those supply chain assessments. Um, we, um, you, you're probably familiar with Ecovadis, which is a, an outside assessment tool, um, and we have had uh, a handful of clients actually request us to go through the Ecovadis evaluation and um, share with them what our score is. So I think it's just a matter of time before that also um, affects the legal industry. So, Pam, you've uh, talked to us a lot about kind of all of your experiences. One question that we always ask our guests is, what advice would you give to a company who's either initiating a CSR program, expanding it? Um, what, what words of wisdom would you leave them with? Oh, okay. Probably two things. One would be to assess what's already currently happening. Um, I suspect that most companies, most professional service firms, there is already a lot happening organically, but it's likely that it's not being measured or tracked or or, um, uh, aggregated in any way. And I think that's particularly true for companies that have multiple offices around the globe. For the most part, we don't even know what's already happening. So first, um, assess what's already happening. Um, Secondly, I would advise aligning with an external framework um, because it provides common language. And I've I've mentioned earlier the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals. To me, the beauty of those goals is, number one, they're global. Mm -hmm. Number two, clients who are already aligned with the goals will completely understand your language when you're talking about how your CSR program aligns with the goals. So having that common framework, that common language, makes it so much easier to communicate holistically about everything you're doing under the CSR umbrella, rather than talking about pro bono over here and then issuing a separate report over here that talks about diversity and inclusion and missing the opportunity to tie that all together holistically. Yeah, that integration piece. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So your company consulting firm is called Amity Advisory, correct? Correct, correct. How, um, what's your website for that? It is amityadvisory.com. Okay, great. And on, are you on social media? Yes, I sure am. You can find me on LinkedIn and Twitter and Facebook. Okay. And is that under Amity Advisory or your name? Nope, it's under my name. Yep, Pamela Cohn. Okay, just like it sounds. Yes, correct. Okay, mm-hmm. great. Right. Um, we want to make sure our listeners can find you. Right. Um, Thank and you. Let, let's give them the Milliman information yes. as well. Yeah. Yes, um, Milliman.com, C-O-M. 
Um, and then my email address at Milliman is Pamela.cone at Milliman.com. I just have a quick, I'm just curious, how are you managing both the job at Milliman and the consulting firm? Yeah, it is, <laughs> it is a challenge. Officially, I'm part-time at Milliman, so when I'm not part-time at Milliman, then I'm full-time at Amity Advisory. Um, so, yeah, it is, it is a struggle and a juggle. Um, but so far, it's it's worked out well, and it's um, um, enriching and exciting. And um, I'm not there's never a dull moment. Let's put it that way. <laughs> well, um, congratulations on your new firm, and to to you and your role at Milliman. It's an important one. Thank you so much for uh, coming on to our podcast, and congratulations on Amity Advisory, and for your new role in Milliman, which is a very important one. Thank you so much for having me. It has been my pleasure. Thanks, Pam. Take care. Thank you. Bye-bye. Let's give a big thank you to Matthew Sosi, our podcast engineer. You can visit the Taking Care in Business website at takingcareinbusiness.com. Or just visit us on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook at takingcareinbiz. That's takingcareinbiz. If you have questions or comments, you can email us at any time at info at takingcareinbusiness.com. Thank you for joining us today, and until next time, take, take care, care in, in business. Taking Care in Business is made possible with support from Conscious Capitalism, Inc., helping individuals and companies become more conscious with transformational experiences that inspire, educate, and empower people and organizations to elevate humanity through business. Go to ConsciousCapitalism.org for more information.